This. This is, this is diversified, diversified, diversified game, game, game. game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. Hey, it's Kellen. And today on Diversified Game, you guys be ready to be changed because I have somebody who is filled with the spirit. She is an entrepreneur. She is also runs a ministry and her whole thing is to make you better and get you tapped in with the one who got you here. I have Dr. Serafina Thomas, and she is going to give us the game on what she is about. Serafina, welcome to the show. Well, it is awesome to have you here. And I, you know, I checked you out and um, you were referred by our friend Kat, your, your publicist. And, you know, I was checking you out and I was like, OK, yeah, we can definitely talk ministry. We can talk business. Where do you want to start? Because you definitely have a testimony. Well, we can start at, you know, we can start at any area that you want to. I mean, every area of my life has been a challenge of emerging to success. So we can start. Okay. And being from New York, um, can you talk about how those, you know, the first challenges, because everybody sees New York as a wealthy man's playground, but there sure are still a lot of people in poverty and, and hurting and trying to come up. So coming up from New York, you know, all of you guys know how to run a business wherever you go. You know, it's just something about the blood. What were the challenges starting off? I mean, as a child, uh, they say New York is the wealthy man's playground, but I would say that it's maybe sexism wealth, um, wealth that is only projected to a certain class, but it doesn't go to the lower class and the middle class. Um, I would say that I started out, I grew up in a very impoverished home, um, you know, impoverished as in uh, welfare, the housing system, food stamps, Medicaid, you know, that's all I basically knew growing up along with ministry. Um, I've never knew the classifications of what a credit is, what is, you know, and if that was to be a thing, I didn't know or I wasn't given access to it. Um, so growing up in a home like that, um, and then seeing my bloodline, I was adopted. Um, I was not born to the, I was not born in the home of my parents immediately from the hospital because my parents was on drugs. I was taken into adoption and I was adopted and in this home. I lived in, um, you know, there was a lot of impoverished things and I was determined as a young kid that I was not going to let that be my portion. Um, I fought through the system. I was put in special education. I was, there were so many things, so many labels that were placed on me as a child um, that really tried to dent who I was as a woman and dent my generation and bloodline. But I fought, even if, the, if you put me in a category that seemed minimizing, I was going to still rise to the top. 
I, I had so much favor in high school that I was working for the school system when I first entered into the school when minimum wage was $6 an hour. Um, and I was doing so much work. You know, God gave me favor with my teachers and there just was so much that happened to my life that lets me know that I definitely was chosen to bully fear, to bully uh, the giants of society. Uh, and even after those moments of being who I was, I ended up graduating from high school. I graduated with my high school diploma. I ended up going to Old Westbury College, you know, and that's a whole story in itself because I ended up dropping out. This goes to show you that you need mentors in your life. So there's so much to say to how I became and what I'm still becoming. So that's just a little portion of it. Okay. And, you know, we see the, the doctor in front of your name. So you might have dropped out, but somewhere down the line, you went back to study something. Yeah, and so, yeah. you know, tell people how they can drop out because a lot of people have dropped out even due to COVID. They might have been excellent students, but COVID has them like, I can't do this the way they want me to do it virtually or without my you know other classmates. So when did you go back to school? Well, I ended up I'm still in school. You know, um, I ended up going back to school uh, later on down the line after one of my after my third child, I ended up going back to school. And just for people out there that say, oh, I could never do it again. Don't do it because you're trying to prove people wrong. Do it because you want to change your generation, your bloodline. A lot of times. A lot of the success in society, even in New York, is driven by trying to prove a point to somebody that said, I couldn't make it. You will never make it doing it that way. But when you dive into the place in your life where you say, I'm not doing this because of them, but I'm building legacy wealth and generational wealth, you will continue. You will have lasting strength to finish the end. No, that is so, so true. And, and I, I really wanted to start off like this. But when I first saw your picture for a second, I thought Kelly Rowland. I said, hey, they got Kelly Rowland. Or, you know, it was it was somebody famous. And you guys will check out her Instagram and the links will be in the description and you'll see what I'm talking about. But do you have, you know, any musical talents? We'll get into all the, the other businesses. But, you know, you have that star appeal. Yes, I sing. I sing. Yes, I sing. I do sing. I love that uh, you mentioning that. Yes, I sing. I do sing. I love singing. I'm working on some stuff now. Um, I've always sang as a kid. Of course, Whitney Houston was my girl, you know, and Kelly Rowland is my girl, being that she even mentioned that that's my girl. People often compare me to her all the time. Um, but yes, I sing. And I have some stuff coming out in the near future. Oh. Okay, so you guys, you know, stay tuned into the Instagram and wait for yeah the songs and the, the videos to come out. And, you know, COVID is a time to create. So, yes. you know, t tell the people you have multiple, you know, businesses, multiple things going on. How has COVID treated you? COVID has treated me good. You know, while people, some are collapsing, it's because of, you know, this book I read a long time ago, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, a lot of times, you know, you think a nine to five is what it is until everything happens like what happened with COVID. You get what I'm saying? So, of course, in the midst of COVID, I can say this, that though it's been treating me good, it has had its moments of stress. 
because building is not easy and building in times like these aren't easy. But because I'm so um, ahead of my time and people will say, how are you ahead of your time? I've always been the one to be the one outside the box, never in the box. I'm never going to be in the box. I'm always going to be different. Just like how you're sitting here, your whole name of your show is different. Diversified game. You get what I'm saying? It's different. It's out the box. It's not the norm. You know, you get what I'm saying? So I basically am creating things that no one has. I don't want what everybody else has. I want to bring a whole new spin to Hollywood, a whole new spin to the church. You know, I don't want to do what anybody else does. And when you decide to be that way and different, it may take you longer, but it will it will last you generations to come because it's about legacy. It's about the long-term effect that you're going to build. You get what I'm saying? I want my name, the schools that I'm going to build, the things that I'm going to have, that it's not just for me, it's for your children's children. It's for your grandchildren. It will be etched to the end of time. You get what I'm saying? So that's that's just me. So COVID, it's had its pros and its cons. The cons are not that I wasn't making money. The cons is that the determination to get up and win every day, the hustle and the bustle, the reality of realizing that there are people in this for the wrong reasons that will try to duplicate, complicate, mess up what you're doing. You get what I'm saying? So every day you got to rise to the occasion. You got to bully fear. That's a, that's a book that I have coming out called Bully Fear. You know, you have to bully fear. You have to bully intimidation. You have to bully jealousy. That takes a whole strong mindset. You feel me? That's a strong mindset every day that you have to put on in order to survive. And y'all, you can go on her website, seraphinathomas.com backslash shop, and you can see all the books that she has on there. And, you know, we don't want to be um, insensitive to those who have lost people, but we're just so happy to be still be here yeah. and also inspire because you can't, you know, a lot of folks are dealing with depression and they're just so down because they keep watching <laughs> CNN and Fox. Right. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. That's the cons of it is that you see so many people. There's so much mentally, your mental mindset in the midst of this while you're producing. It's a lot. You get what I'm saying? There's some people who had to get a therapist. There's some people who had to reevaluate their relationships during this. There's some people who lost loved ones. So there's so much on top of, you know, but that's the thing about winning um, is that when you win, there are some losses that you will take, you know, and people think that winning is just, there's nothing negative, but what makes a win is a negative and a positive. I create my own book. No, and, and I totally agree. And, and I tell everybody, especially on this show and my family, even in 80 years or plus when I'm gone, I don't want to be in a box. Don't put me in a box ever because we're out the box thinkers and sprinkle my ashes of ashes, dust, dust. Let me return in peace. Yes. Now your, your ministry is out the box and I, you know, my audience knows I represent influencers, even ministries. And sometimes people ask me, Hey, that person isn't of God. They said this. And I saw that in, uh, revelations and, and they'll go and try to pick apart, especially when you're doing ministry. If you were twerking like Cardi B or Megan Thee Stallion, they wouldn't say nothing. But if you are doing something positive and trying to use the scriptures to do it, folks constantly try to do that. 
and, and push you down. How do you deal with that so others can be inspired? Because there's some folks who won't go to church anymore. Well, you know, I always say this. I've dealt with a lot of scrutiny. I've dealt with a lot of persecution. I've dealt with a lot of hate and a lot of shade. But I always say this is that, you know, no matter what field you're in, no matter what tradition or religion you're in, there's always going to be somebody that is going to hate on you. Even Jesus himself dealt with a lot of hateration. So how do I deal with it? I have learned to realize that I don't sleep with them. I don't eat with them. They don't come to my house. They don't live in my house. And I've learned, I had to learn over time that that's their opinion and not to allow their opinion to come in my boat. The more opinions you allow in your boat, the more the boat sink. You know, the Titanic didn't sink because it was somebody on the outside. The Titanic sink because somebody failed to listen on the inside. So I have learned in my course of life that what you allow to linger on the inside of you, Serafina, is what will either sink you or either soar you. So when people say the things they say, I let them have their own opinion and I let them have what they have to say. I've come a long way. Because I remember when it first started with me, I would cry. I would fall into depression. I would feel really like, uh, just really, I would feel like this is just not it for me. You know, but then I realized that this is a depiction of how they feel about themselves. And I learned that when they can't control you, they will try to throw jabs at you. So I've learned how to take those things and leave them on the outside and just keep moving. And it, it's a mindset. It takes 30 days to create a habit, but it takes 90 days to drill your mind to comprehend that people will have an opinion about you. And when you create that in your mindset and you train your mind that way, you will get tough skin and it will no longer bother you. Amen to that. And are there any habits that you have that, um, you know, maybe it's only watching a certain amount of TV, maybe it's eating something. What was what's the first step for somebody who says, I'm trying to break out of this negativity, but it seems like I just can't get out of it. What would be that first step that maybe they can see in one of your books when they go to your website and read about it in, in detail? Well, one to break negative habit, I learned as exercise exercising in order to get rid of a negative you got to put a positive so you got to find a hobby to put in the place of whatever it is that is negative and you know to some yours may be uh sleeping all day you know finding someone in your life that holds you accountable that says hey you know you got to get up somebody that pushes you so wherever there's a negative i always say put a positive wherever there's a positive keep putting positivity and like I said to you a few minutes ago, it takes 30 days to do what? Create a habit, but it takes 90 days to create something positive. So that means that you, once you cross that 30-day mark, you've broken that habit. And the mind is, being, it's a mind thing. What people don't realize about greatness, about destiny, you're sitting here because you made up in your mind that I'm going to do this. I'm going to create this creativity. You made up in your mind that this is something that I want to do. This is, I'm going to highlight voices. And I'm sure this is not the end. Somebody somewhere is going to see what you're doing and is going to, is going to be elevated to another level of stardom. Amen. We will receive that in Jesus Christ's name. Tell me with, you know, the, the mentoring and ministry, but you also do this professionally. 
talk about Hollywood counseling and what you do and, you know, just how that came about. Well, a lot of times Hollywood stars are exploited by church people, religious people. And most times when you meet them, everybody's feigning. And you have to come to a place that you realize that everyone is a human. The, everyone has felt this one thing to quit. The famous people, the, the people who have millions of dollars, those who have zero, we all have one common thing, the reality to feel. So my counseling, it deals with people who are in those sectors of life and we treat them like humans. We help them uh, deal with their realities. We help them heal. We help them become better. We treat them like a human and not like a star. If Whitney Houston was treated like a human, she would still be here. You know, if Michael Jackson was treated like a human, when you hear their stories that play out on TV, they wanted to feel like a human, not like the person on stage. And when you understand that, you find out that people's humanity and people's life becomes whole. We as servants of God, whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you, you religion you may be in, we are a service to humanity. Definitely, definitely. But do you put, you know, how that feeling, that stardom, is that something that we can teach a star or should we as people just learn to kind of normalize people being popular? Being on TV that, is just a job. I mean, we should normalize it, but at the same time, it's also a job. Even being a star is a job. You, you get what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. at times when you're at the dinner table with your family and somebody's coming up to you, can I get an autograph? You're kind of like, that's you, 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 you. Yes, we should normalize it, but we should also differentiate it too. Giving it its own space, its limits and its boundaries. Without that, it causes you to run into insanity. I definitely agree with that. And it's something that I wish America, America usually follows Europe, especially the UK, but the UK has certain laws, paparazzi laws, where the most annoying thing is to be with a client and they, hey, can I get an autograph? Um, or, you know, can we start talking? Because sometimes you don't know if it's friend or foe, depending on your, your client. But in the UK, the paparazzi laws, they, they stop that. And there's other countries that you don't have to worry about that. And that's very frowned upon. Whereas in America, everything is TMZ, TMZ type. I'm telling you, right, right. It's very, it can be very mind boggling too. Yeah. yeah that, that almost sounds like maybe your next book or course, how to teach the average person just to, you know, live and not idolize people who really ain't thinking about them, to be honest. It's just a, just a task. Now your own, how did you get into like the stars? Did you have your own show at one time? Did well, you work behind the scenes? Well, I got into it because I began to see what it felt like as my influence began to increase. And I, I went through a storm in my life where all of these people who were around me were nowhere to be found when I was facing one of the most scrutinizing things of my life. You know, I went through a bad breakup, bad marriage, so many things that had happened. You know, you end up loving the wrong person, doing all the right things for the wrong person, and they're exploiting you, trying to, all, all the while they didn't marry you for what you thought. It wasn't for love. It really was for platform and influence. 
after experiencing what I experienced, it gave me a heart for people who are famous and imagining how they are so exploited and how they can't even go on a date without somebody. You don't know if we're dating because you love me or are you dating me because of my influence. So I put my, I begin to feel life in their shoes. And when I begin to feel life in their shoes, I decided to birth out something that gears towards them as well. So the K stands for kingdom, people in church that have influence and and stardom and the h is for hollywood for those in hollywood who have stardom and influence and you merge them together you realize we both are in the same world point blank period you know and hollywood people say oh hollywood is this Hollywood," but hollywood when you go back to the original intent it was always for media and church was always for uh, not what people have created it to be, you know, the, you can't wear red lipstick, you can't wear a long skirt, or you can't wear a short skirt, or you got to have on a big hat. That's not Jesus. That is what man has created it to be, but that's not Jesus. Jesus is not worrying about your hat that you got on backwards right now, or the lashes that's on your eyes. You know, Jesus is more concerned about your heart, your well-being, who you are each day. You know, so when you merge them two together, you find out that these worlds live in one. But it is the it is society that has separated it and demeaned both worlds. So I'm all about the merging. I'm merging the two. Well, let's let's get into what is not Jesus, especially you doing ministry. I, I, I've done church professionally and I've written a book and it's the only book on the uh, Christian entertainment industry on Amazon. And I find that, you know, when you get into gospel, anything Christian, anything, you see some of the same players you would see from the world and you're like, how'd you get here? Um, a, a lot of stuff isn't Jesus. There's a lot of rituals that especially I'm going to focus on us uh, black folks that we have held on to. And because my grandmother and her mother, mother did it, it just has to be the gospel, which right. is not true. Right. right. Tell, tell me you got a book on that. Focusing on that. Well, I have grown up like that in a religious home where you couldn't wear. Uh, sh a short skirt that was near your knee. You couldn't wear red lipstick. They literally had a discipline book. I hated it. Um, I would oftentimes question, is God real? At some point in my life, I denounced serving Jesus because I felt like if this is what he is or what y'all are portraying it to be, I don't want any part of it. But it was my own journey that I experienced to know him for myself and to know he did exist and was real. Um, there were so many things growing up that were religious. You couldn't wear pants. You could, but pants didn't stop me from wanting to know about little boys. You know, just different things and rules and restrictions. But that is what man has made. And it actually comes from the days of slavery. You know, uh, the days of, you know, when they were picking cotton, you know, and they bring all of that stuff over. And the reality is, is what many have learned to be church is not church. And the sad thing about it is that after you finally wake up, some are too damaged to even want to be bothered with church. You know, so I just hope that whoever will listen today, that you will have your own encounter with 
with who God is and not what it was based on your grandma, your great grandma, your mama, your uncle, your granddaddy. Because most times they may have introduced you to it, but they have not really helped you to understand relationships. I recently had a theologian on who's been studying the end times for over 40 years, and he's a, a elder. And we got into uh, and had a good conversation how most of the black church, at least the ones I went into, they did not do a full dive into the end times and, and because it doesn't preach well. And, you know, a, a lot of what church has turned into is just strictly business for somebody to have, you know, that's their job. Um, it, I mean, things probably get worse before they get better. Right. It, it, now, this would be controversial. You want an out the box idea? You make a, a, a song about that with a book, with a course, to, and then start calling people out, even though I know y'all that's not in the scripture to call folks out like that. But. I could find a scripture for it, well, but we well, we won't call their name out, but I definitely do. If I don't know if you skim through some of my videos, I definitely am a challenger to the systems that they have built. And a lot of times the systems that they have built like to attack you back to minimize your mouth. But because I'm such a, I told you I'm a game changer. I'm a person that I just don't back down. It's not in my blood to run and hide under a rock. I'm going, you, you get what I'm saying? Free a generation. There's been so many people who have been freed through my ministry, who have been liberated, you know, point blank period. And we know that they're not going to, people are not going to tell the truth about the end times because it messes up, it messes up their pockets or it messes up. It's ran like a business. We do know that, but we do know that there is a generation of people who is building businesses and doing the work of God and really truly meeting it from their soul. I think anybody listening are the those that watch and we have more listeners than watchers. If they just hear you and, and if they see you, they know that you probably never ran from a fight in your life. You look <laughs> like somebody who, you know, you don't want to mess up that pretty face, but you look like, OK, I, I, I'll bring it to you if you want it. So you might want to stay on my good side. Now she's just whooping y'all with the scriptures. But it looked like a time where, you know, if I saw you in the ring or MMA, I would be like, OK. Okay, yeah, that, that makes sense, you know, that, <laughs> so yeah, that, that spirit, and, and when you come over to God, that shouldn't stop, you shouldn't just then be passive, and just kind of a poodle, you, you should still into, keep, right, you turn it into, right, because see, in the word, though, you know, as many would say, you know, the Pharisees and the Sadducees wasn't punks, they ain't roll up on you talking like uh, Mary had a little lamb. You know, they took, you get what I'm saying? And people think because you are now a disciple or a Christian or whatever y'all want to call yourself, they think that you're supposed to just roll up under a rock. No, you can be very strong, stern about what you have to say and mean what you say and say what you mean. No, that's awesome. And, and with doing that and doing it with love now, can you talk about, a community give back that you're doing or that you plan on doing? Because with success, you just want to pour out and give more. Um, I have something that's coming up. It's a big surprise. I guess I'll let it out on the show, whoever listens. Um, we're going to be giving back to the community of Dallas. We're going to serve 
people in the homeless community and we also have a virtual conference coming up. And the thing is, is that we have a twofold. So one is free and one isn't. It's $99. This is in February. And the thing is, I believe in a twofold give back. Um, I feel like when I see a lot of these videos online, and this is not coming against anyone who does it, I, I always felt like growing up, my mom would go to the food pantry and get food and we would go home. But mm -hmm. the pastor's living in the mansion, but the pastor won't tell me how he got the mansion. So while you giving me the food, can you tell me how to fix my credit? Can you connect me with, I'm all about feeding the homeless, but I'm all about let's not keep feeding you food, but let's feed you some education. So this way, you get what I'm saying? You can't say, I didn't give you the tools to become successful. I didn't give you the tools to become who God said you would be. Because not only am I helping you, don't just keep passing me food. This is why I have an issue with the system to, with welfare. These systems are not built to help people become, they're built to cause them to collapse. You know, it's all about getting out of the system, getting out of what you're used to. So we are giving back to the community coming up in the summertime. We'll be giving to the community, not only food, but we're going to be handing out pamphlets. We're going to be getting healthcare things to come out to run tests on some of them, just different things that we want to do. And then we're also doing a virtual conference I have. It's called TV Money and Wealth. It's connecting these people with some of the top millionaires, billionaires and business owners who they can connect with that are rich, that are successful at what they do, not practicing, successful at what they do because you know, we're living in a time where people are signing up for stuff where people are practicing. They're just mm. practicing stuff and they're not getting results. You will leave this virtual conference with results and these people are touchable. I went into a bookstore and I bought one of these. Uh, it's a it's a book by Stephen, Re Stephen Repack. You know, Money Game Changer books. You know, mm. I tagged him in it. What was the odds that he would reach out to me? You get what I'm saying? So I believe in destiny connections. This man is a millionaire. He's very, you know, very money manageable in the mind. You get what I'm saying? He's on the lineup. I didn't think that he would even come. You get what I'm saying to even speak. So we have it packed with so much information that you can send an email and it'd be reachable. Have you ever tried to reach somebody and you're like, dang, I can't even get to know how to write a book or dang, I just want to learn from you. You know, I'm all about being famous, but being touchable being famous but being able to be reached being famous there's so many people that get up to where they are and they're not reachable anymore they're not touchable anymore and i'm not saying you got to touch every person but one one person's life that you change changes a thousand it's it's all about it, that's how it is just like as lewis farrakhan when he spoke one time it changed the whole domino effect it's the same way with you when you get on here and you do what you're doing it's affecting somebody, then somebody's telling somebody. So that's what it's all about. So I had those. Amen. Amen. More than we know sometimes, and it's humbling when you see the reach and you hear that. But you said something and about, you know, touching people and reaching out to folks that you didn't even know if they'd reach back out. But let's talk about you in Clubhouse because you're doing that on Clubhouse, too. And, you know, where folks thought I remember when I first got my invite from my neighbor, who's very prominent 
and and they were like, hey, you're in. And I didn't even have an iPhone. I had to go grab an iPhone, you know, because I'm team Android. But then I'm in rooms with people that ran Hollywood and everybody's equal. But then when you bring in the stuff that's passionate, the gospel, the, you know, Africa's very passionate to me because I do investment there. But I want you to say, what has Clubhouse done for you? And where can people reach you on Clubhouse? Because it's just changing the game. My name is Serafina on Clubhouse. Um, Clubhouse has done a lot. Um, I've gotten clients from Clubhouse, people who want their lives changed. But when I get on there, I do empowerment. It's all about drilling the mind for success. I'm all about, I host this thing on there called, what are you feeding your mind? You know, so many times when people wake up, the first thing they feed in their mind is gossip. Clubhouse is all about what you're feeding your mind. It's all about the tables that you're sitting at. Who are you sitting with? Who are you eating with day to day? Are you eating with champions? Are you eating with chickens you know so clubhouse is a depiction of where you're going being able to sit at tables and sit in rooms where it may have never been your caliber on an average day to day but now you can say i've sat in a room with jay-z i've sat in a room with uh td jakes i've sat in a room with uh colleen coleman i've sat in a room you get what i'm saying now i can say that i can put those tools under my belt and say you know i just got this wisdom from him or i just got it's now believable than what it was before when someone would say nah you didn't sit at no table with Pharrell but now I could screenshot it and say yes I did I sat at the table with him and he was spitting some knowledge with me you get what I'm saying so it's making the world more interpersonal so I, I love Clubhouse so if you're on there join me on Thursdays or Wednesdays uh at five o'clock CST time where I you're feeding your mind and in there I have people that be in there and it's all about I'm about the what do you call it they say I'm about the black sheep I'm about the one that they didn't see coming the one that you counted out you know and while everybody is in the hustle and the bustle I'm about bringing those from the dirt up finding the beauty. I have a book called The Dirty Trophy. That's a money book. It's all about people who don't see who don't see value in dirt. The greatest value is underneath dirt. The Dirty Trophy. I was a dirty trophy. I'm the person that nobody expected to see coming. I'm the person that is going to pop them and say, oh, there's a Serafina. Oh, there's a Colleen. Oh, where did they come from? While you were still hustling, while you was doing what you was doing, I was in the back using and all the tools to refine myself. And I take a huge investment in people who nobody believes in. You know why? Because those are the ones that are the greatest threats. Man, bars, you can't tell me she don't have an album ready to come. She, <laughs> it, it might be singing. It might have, you know, she might rap, you know, chickens are champions. Y'all heard it. It flowed off the top. And, you know, I would say this and go to like Galatians where you ain't got to prove yourself to no one. If someone doesn't think you were sitting on set, that's okay. Because when I'm sitting in, you know, Africa, if I'm sitting in Malta, you won't be there either way because you didn't believe me then. And you can't roll with me then in the future. So it's okay. You know, because a lot of folks are recording conversations in clubhouse now that used to be frowned upon and and i'm all game for that but some things in clubhouse are so personal it's for clubhouse you know it's like we go on a date and now you telling everybody what we i guess that's the times we live in let me stop i guess that's the times we live in now actually right people don't know how to 
bills in private, have losses in private, how to, you know, you know who I love so much and he's, he's my, I look at him, I watch his documentary and I just really take some things from him, Michael Jordan. You will never see his family on social media. You get what I'm saying? As they were growing up, he kept a private life. He learned certain things to guard and to protect. And because of that, his children came up a certain way. His new set of children who you've never seen, who you probably have to search real hard to find a picture of, you've never seen. So mm -hmm. I feel the same way. There's some gems that you get that don't have to, just like when I had that encounter with the man with the book, I didn't put it on social media right away. I set him away to the right moment to post that testimony because I did not want the testimony to be damaged by just prematurely talking. No, that's, 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 that's real. That's, that's real. And Clubhouse, you know, you guys heard it. Serafina, she's there. Her links will be in the description box. I want you guys to go follow, get inspired, get a game changer. Make sure you follow her and her YouTube. She comes even with more fire. She can go. And so, Serafina, we're going to take this offline, but I appreciate you for coming on. Do you want to leave the people with anything? Well, I don't, you know, I just want to leave everybody with this. You know, you are somebody. You crown somebody, which means that you got to put a crown on that somebody. And a lot of times, many of you do not believe you're somebody because you're measuring yourself according to another man's success. But I always know this, that there is a measure of success in everybody's bloodline, but it's up to you to get it. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifiedGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.